we'll just kick off with a little short video for our sermon today. familiar to anybody? That was our ad that we ran when we were getting ready for online worship for Easter. And so it was all on our social media and, and everything. We boosted it and got a lot of hits on that. But uh, And then there was a little tagline at the end of it that showed our logo and said, in, you, know, you can have, in uncertainty, you can have the certainty of, of the life that you have through our victorious Savior. That was eight months ago. Now we're just about to embark on the next big holiday. And I don't know if things have changed a whole bunch. You know, we could throw out the same ad. Uh, in uncertain times. Although maybe it's a little more certain today than it was. You know, at least we know there's a vaccine coming. 92,000 vaccines are coming to Nevada by the end of the year. And so while that's certain, we're maybe still not certain if we're going to get one or if you want one. Uh, you know, so there, there's still some uncertainty with that. Or we, we are certain that we're going to celebrate Christmas, but we're maybe not certain what those celebrations are going to look like. Like I said, even from a worship perspective, I've never been eight days away from Christmas Day and, oh, we have one or two services. I'm not quite sure how this is going to work. Right, you, know, but, you know, so all these things are just kind of up in the air. Or, or we know that we're going to, that we know that the calendar is going to flip to, you know, in 10, 11 days or... 13 days from today or whatever it is, but we aren't certain what 2021 is going to look like, and so we're still in uncertain times. And I don't want to be the guy who makes light of uncertainty. It is real, it is frustrating, it is tiring. And as someone, I don't know if you've ever taken those personality tests, strength finders, one of my top five strength finders' strengths is deliberative. That's not a good strength for 2020, to be deliberative of the things that you want to do. And yet, do we really want to complain? Do we really have any right to complain about the uncertainty? When we sit here, and we just heard that about the greatest gender reveal party ever in that gospel lesson, 
where, where Mary isn't um, you know, cutting through a cake and seeing blue. She's not popping a balloon and, and blue confetti. No, an angel. An angel comes and visits her and says, it's a boy. And she's not even pregnant yet. You know? and, and not only is it a gender reveal party, it's a, it's a name reveal party as he says, oh yeah, and his name is going to be Jesus. Um, why? Well, yeah, no big deal. He's just going to be the son of the Most High God. Yeah, yeah, you're going to be his mom. Really? I mean, can you imagine being Mary as, as that angel shows up and tells you to see these dudes? If there's anybody who's got a reason to be uncertain about what her life is going to be like, I think it, it, it ought to be her. But she's not uncertain. Oh, she's maybe uncertain how everything's going to happen. She asks Gabriel, hey, how will this be? But she's not uncertain that it will happen. How is that possible? How is she able to do that? That's the question that we want to answer for ourselves or to have answered for us tonight. How can we be certain in uncertain times? How can we trust? How can we lean on? How can we believe the message that God sends, whether it's through a, one of his messengers or whether it's through the message itself? That's the gift that God has wrapped up for us. As he gives to us tonight the gift of certainty, the gift of certainty wrapped up for us, we're going to pull the bowl off the present uh, that, that Ethan the Ezraite wraps up for us in Psalm 89. Now, you maybe remember this, that in August I preached on Psalm 89. And so you probably remember everything that I said, so amen, let's go home. Right? <laughs> what, you don't lean on every word that I say? You don't review every word that I say every week of my sermons? I'm so glad they're on Spotify now, on Apple Podcasts. I prefer Apple Podcasts. I can listen to them on double time that way. And... and um, but, but just in case you don't remember or you want to you know, appease everybody else who maybe wasn't here in August, uh, let's review a little bit what Ethan the Ezraite wrote in Psalm 89 and hold it side by side with what Angel Gabriel tells to Mary here. So first of all, Angel Gabriel, again from Luke 1, the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. And then Psalm 89, written hundreds of years earlier, says this. You said, the you is the Lord. The Lord said, I have made a covenant with my chosen one. I have sworn to David, my servant. I will establish your line forever and make your throne firm through all generations. Slightly different words, but it's the exact same promise. And you can see some of the similarities. David, throne, one has descendants, one has line, same thing. Right? There's, there's one word that I want to key in here, and that is the word forever. Forever. You can hardly hear that word in context of church, in context of Christmas, without maybe humming or thinking about that Alleluia chorus. Remember? Forever and ever, Alleluia, and he shall reign forever and ever. But even less, more unfortunate than my singing, is that what that little word forever, unfortunately, is we can't grasp what it means. We don't understand it. We can't, because God made us as people living in a time-driven world. We God, when God created this earth, He created, you know, He put the sun and the stars to mark seasons and times and years, and we're part of that. 
we're part of that world where we have seven days a week and we have 365 days a year. And so, so we don't get this concept of forever. Whenever we use it, we usually use it as hyperbole or exaggeration, right? You're playing a board game with someone. This person's just thinking way too hard. Come on, you're taking forever, right? Or I guarantee on Sunday morning, somebody in our church will say forever in their homes before they come to church. Because they'll be running late. They'll be knocking on the bathroom door. And somebody, come on, you're taking forever. We're going to be late, right? Or you made me think of a kindergartner these days is just staring at the gifts under the tree and just longing to open them up. Say, oh, this month is taken forever. But when God uses that word, it's not hyperbole. It's not exaggeration. It's reality. And what he tells David here, what he promises David is that your line, I will establish your line forever. And, and it's that in, in, in such a way that he, he, he gives the gift of certainty. How so? Well, think about it this way. Think about something that is uncertain in your life right now. And I'll give you a few moments to visualize that. What this word does is it leads us to look past that uncertainty and to see something that's certain. Because it says, what's going to happen? The line of David, which is Jesus, lasts forever. This is the constant. And so if there's a constant behind all the unconstants, if there's a certainty that stands behind all the uncertainty, it makes all these uncertainties have even a firm ground. We maybe don't know how will this be, right? But there's something that you can lean on. There's something that can give you strength and confidence and, and stability, something you can put your feet on, even in the midst of uncertainty. That's the gift that God is giving to us. Just the fact that Jesus is on his throne. He always was, is, and always will be. That line lasts forever. That is what allows us to face, face the uncertainties in our life. Now, how, how can that be? You know, how, how, what is it about the certainty of Jesus on the throne that, that gives us confidence as we see all these things that are kind of tenuous and shaky in our life? Well, it's because as we look here, it's not just the line that lasts forever. It's also the love behind the line that lasts forever. Uh, again, what, what Ethan the Ezraite says here is, I will declare that your love stands firm forever. Now, now that's a, a phrase that maybe you and I are a little bit more used to. We talk about love lasting forever. If you grew up with the, the common table prayer, if you've learned the common table prayer, which I understand is not so common, um, but, but maybe you even say it three, days, three, three times a day. Give thanks to the Lord for He is good. His love endures forever. And we just you know, run through that. Run, run, it runs right off of our lips. But just slow down a little bit and, and think about what that means. That the Lord's love stands firm forever. Now, I often think of it like a parent who disciplines their child. 
Now, I was not always so good at affirming my love for my child before I'd give him a spanking. Um, but, uh, you know, you, you hear a parent say this, like, I love you, but what you did was wrong. Or maybe you have a teenager that screws up really bad and says, no matter how bad, maybe even an adult child, no matter how much you screw up, I still love you. I still love you. That's what God is reminding us of here. No matter how much we screw up, no matter how, many, how much we covet that our cousins have more gifts under their tree than we do, God says that's wrong, but I still love you. Or if we click on that computer in places we ought not, God says that's wrong, but I still love you. Or we fall prey to the, 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 the trap of consumerism this time of year so much. And, and instead of you know, hearing God welcome and want our gifts. God says, that's wrong. But I still love you. There is nothing that we can do that, that takes, that, that lessens that love of God that He has for us. You know, he, that he, he constantly sings, I can't stop loving you, and I know that's a cheesy lyric from a lot of love songs, but long before... Taylor Swift or Phil Collins or Van Halen or Ray Charles or whatever other artist, those are at least the top four that I saw when I Googled it, who sang that song. God sang that song. Right here in the Psalms. I can't stop loving you. Doesn't matter what you do. And, and, and so now you, you put that you know, side by side. So you've got this Lord who is sitting consistently and, and on a throne that is established firm forever. And it's that one who is in control is always loving you. What a fantastic certainty. What a, what a gift uh, that God gives to us. And, and yet our, our brains are, are like, man, is that, can that really be? Because experience has maybe taught us something else. Experience has taught me, you know, I, I have heard a lot of people say, well, I will, last, I will love you forever. And then they stop loving. Or I have seen a lot of people say, you know what, this is going to continue on forever. I'm here. I'm, I'm never going to leave this spot, this post. And then they're gone. You know, even, even I think with, with Jesus reigning, there's a part of us that we look like, really, is he reigning in 2020? Did he abdicate his throne for all intents and purposes? It doesn't look like he's doing a whole lot right now. Those are good questions. Those are honest questions. Those are lie awake at night type of questions. But they're not unanswerable questions. And there's a, those answers are found in this section of God's Word, too. I don't know if you see it. But, you know, after, while, while Ethan sings of the Lord's great love forever, and he talks about the line forever, there's, there's really something else here. 
that is behind the line and behind the love. The forever line and the forever love. I don't know if you see it. What's that word? Faithfulness. Faithfulness. Now, I will be honest, whenever I hear that word, I usually think of that from a human perspective, as a human trait more than a divine trait. Right? I, you hear faithful, and what do you think of? You maybe think of a, a husband and a wife, you know, vowing to be faithful to one another till death do us part. Or you maybe think of uh, someone be, being confirmed, and, and they say in church, you know, I, I, I promise to be faithful to the Word of God. Or it was, it was two years ago today, this week that I preached my first sermon in this building. But before I was ever able to preach here, we had the most people ever in this building at one time, and I stood up here and I promised to be faithful to the Word as I served as your pastor. Or a little bit later in the service tonight, but also on Christmas Day, we're going to say, O come all ye faithful. Right? It's, it's a human thing. But I wonder sometimes if, if we, our idea of faithfulness, because we tie, or maybe it's just me that ties it to human qualities so much, has lessened what a valuable trait that is when it comes to our God. When we talk about God's love, we talk about God being eternally in control. But don't miss the beauty, the value of God being faithful. You know, it's, it's kind of neat. The, the word, the Hebrew word for faithful is amen. Yes. So shall it be. This is something you can count on. This is something you can lean on. That's the kind of God that you have. You have an amen God. And, and when you, you put that, you know, to those other characteristics or qualities here, I mean, anybody can say, well, yeah, I'm going to reign forever. But only the amen God who says, yes, this is going to be, can actually carry it out. Or anybody can say, well, yeah, I'll love you forever. But only an amen God One is, is someone who can carry it out. And that's the God that you and I have. Someone who is, is faithful, someone who is, is an amen God, something that you can lean on and, and, and trust in. And, and that's his faithfulness is what makes all of his promises come true. Faithfulness, his faithfulness, is really what led Mary. Or his faithfulness is what the angel Gabriel reminded Mary of. I don't know if you caught that line in Luke 1 that says, There is no word of God that will fail. What a beautiful thought. That's what led Mary to say, Okay, let his word to me be fulfilled. Because God's word cannot fail. And in, as, as people living in uncertain times, what a beautiful thing for us to lean on. Because we, we, I don't think you and I, you know, we, we don't forget about trusting in Jesus as our Savior. What we forget is that we can trust His promises. 
What this does, it says they're one and the same. Jesus is inseparable from his word. Why? Because he's faithful. So whatever he says is certain. And what he says to you today is that he is in control. What he says to you today is that he loves you forever. What he says to you today is that he will always be there because he is faithful. And so, yeah, before I said, beginning of the, the sermon, I said, the gift is certainty. I, I jumped the gun. Because before we can be certain, the gift that we really get to open up tonight is the faithfulness of God. And because He's faithful, you and I, you, can, I, you and I can, can simply echo, echo Mary and say, may your word to me be fulfilled. Because we know it will be. Amen.